Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Katie. Hey, Brittany. So it is election season, unfortunately. So you're going to hear nothing but people talking about the election, especially since this year is a presidential election. You're going to hear, I've already heard too much and it's only, well, I guess it is. We're in 2024 now. So it is, we got about 10 months until, until the election. Um, so everyone's going to be talking about this. They're going to be talking about the candidates they support for political office. But that brings up a really interesting point, And that is, have you ever wondered how candidates get chosen in the first place? So I wanted to talk about that today because I think we forget, like when somebody goes to the polls and they vote, they're only voting, like there's going to be one Republican candidate, one Democratic candidate, one um, independent, one, you know, Libertarian Party, one Green Party, whatever the parties are, but there's only one person per party. But it didn't always, it wasn't always like that. In the beginning of the election cycle, there was like several Republican candidates and and usually if the Democrats like already like President Biden's kind of the only Democratic candidate because he's already in office, but there's still others that, that try to challenge sometimes. And then, you know, the Libertarian Party had their candidates that had to like fight for the nomination. And so it's like this big process that eventually just gets narrowed down to one person per party. And I'll be honest, before I got really involved in politics about 15 years ago, I had no idea. And I was an adult. I don't think I really even knew that process until I participated in it. I don't know about you, Katie. I'm one of those people that like I learn by doing. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can read, like when I learned to make bread, like I would read the instructions, but it really, like I read the instructions while I was actually doing the baking. Like I just, I have to be learning by doing. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of why, which I think is good. Even if you don't love politics, I think it's important to get involved at least once in your, in, in your local scene just to kind of learn how it works. So I want to talk about that today, which really comes down to something we call primary season. And I always like to break down words. So you'll hear like primary, I'm trying to think of other words you know that that in, in primary school, sometimes they use that to talk about like preschool or elementary school. And you'll see like primary means like before something else. So primary yeah, like the season. beginning or young Like the beginning or, or young, yeah. yes. So primary season would be like the pre – I like to just call it like the pre-election season, mm-hmm. the pre-election portion. So every state does these pre-elections differently, which is a little bit confusing, but we love we love that system, right? We love that states can choose for themselves, but it does get kind of complicated when you're uh, working on a campaign for like uh, a presidential campaign, especially because they're all going to go on different schedules. So that can get really complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone does it differently. And they can also they they choose or they do it on a different date, but they also can either do what's called a primary, since primary season, or they can do something called a caucus. And they both serve the same purpose. Okay. They both are to pick that one person per party. So let's break this down. So let's use because I used to do political stuff in Utah, I'm going to use Utah as an example. So in Utah, Utah is a caucus state. A caucus state is instead of a primary and a primary, actually we're to back up. So a primary state, you just go in like six months before the election or a couple months before the actual election and you vote on a list of paper. Like it's just kind of like the regular election day. It's just the primary election day. And then the winner of, of that primary will go on to be the candidate. So, it's, so Brittany, just yep. really quick. So explain that a little bit more. So on a primary, so all of the potential Republican 
um, candidates are there and you vote between those which one you want. Is that what you're saying? Yep. And it's all on a piece of paper. So you're not seeing any of them. You're not talking to anybody. You're going in that that little booth and you're 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 clicking which one you want to be. And then the Democrats will have their primary too. And then they'll have gotcha. like the third party stuff. So it's not only every state can choose it differently, Katie, every party can choose how they do it. So I'm not going to get into this on this episode, but to <laughs> tell you how crazy it is, there are some states where like the Democrats have a primary and the Republicans have a have a caucus. So it gets very confusing. Jeez. I know. It's so much. But so in Utah, the way the primaries work for choosing candidates is through the caucus system. And I really like the caucus system because it's like a town hall. It's like a debate. So every like neighborhood has their own neighborhood caucus, but it's all in the same night. So let's say caucus day was like, on a Wednesday night at 7 p.m., that would mean that all over the state, you'd have different caucuses and the Republicans would have their neighborhood caucuses and the Democrats would have their neighborhood caucuses. And you'd go and you'd participate and you'd go sit down and you'd hear from either the candidates themselves or you'd hear from people representing those candidates. And they would stand up and they'd say, you know, Katie, I really want you to vote for the person I'm supporting. And this is why I think he's so great. This is, his, you know, these are his policies. This is why I'm voting for him. And then everybody in the room has a chance to hear your your argument, your case for why this person should be elected. And then sometimes it's literally the first round of voting. You just raise your hand. Sometimes there's even some people like you move to a corner. It's like, okay, go stand in that corner if you're for <laughs> this candidate. Go stand in that corner. <laughs> and then sometimes it's just you write a name on a piece of paper. It all is kind of kind of varies. But then just like the the regular primaries, those are tallied and then tallied all over the state. And then the winner is the one with the most votes. So it still ends up being calculated like a primary. But what I like about the caucus system so much is that that ability to talk with the room of, of people and to explain why you care about a candidate. And that's what I did for Ron Paul, not just in – Utah, but I also worked in the um, for the Iowa caucus, which is a really big caucus. It used to be Iowa and New Hampshire used to be the first two states of, or they still are, of um, the primary season, and they would do the caucus. And then the winners of those people would be like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna be the ones that are gonna go ahead. And if you lose those, sometimes you just drop out, then you give up. But Katie, have you ever participated in a caucus? I haven't. Um, I think I've only lived in primary states and I, I love it also hearing you describe it the way you have. It just sounds so much, you know, one of the one of the things that a lot of people don't like about voting, and we even I think discussed it in an earlier episode or at least touched on it, where it's this idea that sometimes it's like as you're walking in, they'll even hand you like a sample ballot, right? And they'll say like, oh, yep. here's how you should vote if you're a Republican. So so many people, I think, get so caught up in this um, frenzy of being on a team. And I know we apply that more to like Republicans and Democrats and Libertarians. But, you know, we've seen that with politicians also. People identify as a member of a certain politician's team. And so it's really neat to, to think about a large group of people who are listening to the candidates or a representative of, of the candidate, you know, make their case because that obviously is going to lead to at least a better informed group of voters, people who actually have had to sit and listen and discuss and, and hear what these candidates are saying. I imagine that there's sometimes people that go into a caucus and they hear the candidates speak and they change their mind. <laughs> Yeah, Which no, is and great. It, and I've had an experience when I worked in or was working on the Iowa with Ron Paul campaign. We had people, yeah, that that changed their mind, and that was really cool 
cool, really cool to watch. Uh, caucuses can get a little rowdy sometimes too, which is fun. Sometimes there can be a little bit of like debate going on. And again, I don't want to get too much into this because this is already so complicated, but those are just the neighborhood caucuses. And then you go on to the state caucus. So there's actually a few rounds of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it again, becomes even, more and more like rounds of a boxing match, I think, as it and as then it yeah, elevates. And then the big state caucus has several rounds. And so it's like, <laughs> it is it is nuts. It is crazy. But it also kind of makes it, you know, I don't want to say politics is like a sport because I don't like that. I, it shouldn't be, right? It's more serious than that. But it makes it, you get like, the pressure is on, like, you, you know, you're, you're really invested. And if you're working on a campaign and you're running on no sleep and you've mm-hmm. been, you've spent the last six months working for a candidate and it all comes down to a caucus, it's, it can be a really emotional, emotional time, but also, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was so yes. much fun. Thrilling and invigorating. Also. It is thrilling. I, so <laughs> I participated in two and a half state caucuses because I kind of was involved in, in Nevada, but uh, not for the actual caucus day, it just helps knock doors and stuff. But yeah, so I think the caucus system is is better in, in my opinion, but it's also better for certain candidates because there's something called an incumbent. And what an incumbent means is that's the person who already holds the position they're running for. So if it's a governor, ele- a governor you know, election, you're voting for the governor, the person who is the governor would be the incumbent candidate and all the other people challenging him are just regular candidates. So now, like for, right now, Joe Biden is the incumbent. Yes, for presidential, yes, he is the incumbent. And for incumbents, they have an advantage in the primaries because people know their name, right? And name recognition goes a long way. So if you're in the voting booth and probably not for president, but for senator or something, and you're like, oh, I know this name. I don't know anything about anybody else, but I know this name. I don't know if they're good or bad, but I know the name. You're going right. to, you know, you might vote for that name. So that works really well for incumbents. But if you're a a new candidate and maybe not as well known, the caucus is great because that's where, like I said, you really get to make your case and and share what you believe in. Um, and if it's a bigger caucus, like I told you, there's the neighborhood than the states, then the candidates usually give a speech themselves. So you can kind of hear from them. And that's really great. I think that makes it more... Um, kind of community driven, you know, I think you get to learn more about the candidate than just going into a a, a voting booth and, and voting for whatever name sounds familiar, which I'll be honest, I think I've done before when I was 18. Well, I think it probably doesn't benefit an incumbent in the same way that a primary would where, you know, you're not just going off of name recognition, you're having to kind of own up Like you're there and you're like, oh, yeah, that terrible thing that I'm hoping you'll forget about, like somebody might bring that up and then I have to like answer for it. And if if I can't answer for it well, then that's bad for me. So it seems like it maybe levels the playing field a little bit. No, exactly. No, and that's what's so great about it. And I and also for. Well, I guess for third parties, it doesn't really matter because they're in their own thing, which is another issue. That's a whole other problem where third parties <laughs> don't get enough of a of a chance to to speak. But yes, it does definitely. I hate the term like level the playing field because it's used in other, you know, to talk about right, like right. communism and stuff like that. But no, that's what it does. It gives people an op- or equal opportunity to make their case known. And so 
yeah, that's that's the system. And I, I, I really do encourage people to go participate in it. And even, you know, kids are allowed to go in and watch. It doesn't matter how young you are. So even to watch the process is really fun to me. I wish I would have been able to do that when I was younger. So you mentioned kind of the the squirreliness around third parties. Why don't you why don't you delve into that a little bit? Yeah, it's just, you know, we have a two-party system, and we talked about that a couple episodes ago, so if you haven't listened to that one, uh, go back and that will really help. But with third parties, you know, they're kind of just looked at as like, they're kind of shunned by the other candidates as like, oh, well, they don't have a chance anyway. So I don't, to be honest with you, I don't even know if, for example, the Green Party holds their own convention. Now, I know the Libertarian Party does just because I'm familiar with with that party particularly, that they have a convention where they do their own kind of caucus and and they pick, but you'll you'll notice many of you probably don't know when those caucus dates are, right? Because you have to go like looking for them. And so third parties often don't have that excitement around them because people dismiss them. And I don't think they should. I don't think they should. I, I would love to live in a world where there was no two-party system, where it was literally just fighting for your principles when it came to this stuff. And maybe, I hope, I, I am probably foolishly optimistic that people are starting to get fed up with the way things are, especially this year having to choose between Joe Biden and, you know, whoever else. So I would like to believe that. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. I don't think you're being foolishly optimistic, except maybe I am as well. But I do see that. <laughs> I do see that party fatigue happening. And so I'm hoping that maybe that does lead more people to actually research their candidates and dump this team mentality that they have instead of like an issue that they're, you know, particularly passionate about or something that is really important to them. Like I would much rather people vote on that than just vote because someone has a certain, you know, an R or a D or even an L next to their name. Yep. So yes, exactly. more of that. <laughs> yes, more of that. And we'll leave it there. But I really do encourage you to, well, one homework assignment for you guys, find out if your state is a primary or a caucus state and maybe see if your parents, especially if it's a caucus, can take you and and experience it for yourself. See what it's like. It's it's really exciting. So don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. And guys, until next time, we will talk to you soon. Bye. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.